Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people and how to apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. You can learn more about the program and our church when you visit walkintruth.com. Now here's Pastor Michael's teaching in Exodus 1, 15-22, called The Bravery of the Midwives. If you have a Bible, please open it to the book of Exodus chapter 1. We're going to finish the first chapter. We're looking at the bravery of the Hebrew midwives this morning. Exodus, second book of the Bible, chapter 1, verses 15 through 22. Once you have it, would you stand to your feet if you're physically able? We're going to read the verses and we'll come back and break them down. Exodus 1, 15. Then the king of Egypt spoke to the Hebrew midwives, one of whom was named Shiphrah, the other was named Puah, 16. He said, when you are helping the Hebrew women to give birth and see them upon the birth stool, if it is a son, then you shall put him to death, but if it is a daughter, then she shall live. But the midwives feared God and did not do as the king of Egypt had commanded them, but let the boys live. So the king of Egypt called for the midwives and said to them, Why have you done this thing and let the boys live? The midwives said to Pharaoh, Because the Hebrew women are not as the Egyptian women, for they are vigorous and give birth before the midwife can get to them. So God was good to the midwives, 20, and the people multiplied and became very mighty. Because the midwives feared God, he established households for them, Then Pharaoh commanded all his people, saying, Every son who is born you are to cast into the Nile, and every daughter you are to keep alive. You may be seated. May the Lord write his word on our hearts. Father, this is a very timely text and a very sobering one. There's nothing new under the sun. And we have two heroines in this story, probably some of the most unsung heroes in scripture, two women who took a stand against the most powerful man and nation at that time in the world. And they were filled with courage. What drove their courage or bravery was the fear of the Lord. And Lord, we need some of that today. (laughs) And if we just had an ounce of the courage of these women, I think a lot of us would be doing a lot better in these days. But we are all human, and I'm sure that they had their moments of fearfulness and wondering what was going to happen to them, and we do as well, Lord. Our humanity, uh, we struggle with it. We struggle with the world, the flesh, and the devil. But each time we open your word, we know we're going to be encouraged. We know that there are lessons from the Old Testament stories for us today, that we might be encouraged, that through the uh, encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope. These two women lived in the very history in which we lived a long time ago, but the same world, the same issues, the same problems, and they overcame, and you blessed them. And that's what we need, Lord. This is very relevant to our time. We're facing unprecedented times as a church, and yet we know that the same God who blessed these Hebrew midwives and the same God who brought the plagues on Egypt is the same God We hide behind the blood of the Passover lamb if we are in him. And I pray that your will will be done this morning as we've been singing about 
your will, have your way in me, and all of these songs about running to you, Lord, I pray that that would be true. It would not be just what we sing or even what we study, but it would be reality for us. So may you fill us, may you encourage us, may you be glorified in Jesus' name and all God's people said, amen. Well, uh, this morning there is some mature content and uh, I I don't see many little ones in here uh, this morning, but I want to just give you a warning. I'm going to do the best I can with the mature content, but for those of you who have families that are watching online, you might want to just... uh, Kind of look at the text and see what's ahead, and I'll do the best I can to keep it uh, as PG-13 as I can. But there's some hard stuff in here. The bravery of the Hebrew midwives, Exodus 1, verse 15. Then the king of Egypt spoke to the Hebrew midwives, one of whom was named Shifra, the other was named Pua. Now, this speaking may not be directly to them. It may be unlikely that the pharaoh of Egypt spoke directly to a couple of midwives that appear to be senior nurses of their time. It might be older and have committed their life to this particular task. They helped the Hebrew women in the birthing of children. We do know that at this time, God was radically, even supernaturally, multiplying the nation, even under... Uh, different orders that the Pharaoh had already given. In fact, he had put them into a bitter slavery. The Egyptians, verse 13, chapter 1, compelled the sons of Israel, this is the first kind of plank of his evil plan, to labor rigorously. They made the Israelites' lives bitter with hard labor, 114, and mortar and bricks and all kinds of labor in the field, all their labors which they rigorously imposed on them. They put them in bitter bondage. And that's what's led up to this point. And so the nation continues to multiply. God is protecting the nation. Pharaoh's evil plan doesn't work, so he ramps it up. He's going to take it to another stage now, and he's going to ask these midwives to do what many of us would think is the unthinkable. And that is to kill children as they enter into the world, namely Hebrew males. Because remember that the king of Egypt had a fear, and his fear was that Israel was multiplying at such a rate that if an enemy came into the land, that Israel might uh, join that enemy and might even fight against Egypt. And so he was trying to keep them down. And remember, I reminded you when we opened the book that there's a lot of typology in the book of Exodus. And the Pharaoh is a type of Satan trying to keep us down, trying to keep the taskmasters over us so that we don't rise up and serve the Lord in the way that we should. Uh, The uh, nation of Egypt is a type of the world, the system of the world. We think it's set up for freedom, but it's really set up for slavery, Jesus said, whoever commits sin is a slave of sin. And there are people who think they're free, but they're in some form of bondage to the taskmasters that they have in their lives. The king of Egypt saw that what his first plan of bitter bondage and hard labor wasn't working, so he went to phase two, if you will. And the king of Egypt, that's another way to describe the pharaoh, he was known as a king as well, spoke to the Hebrew midwives, those who help in the birthing process. And their names are here for us, one of whom was named Shifra, the other was named Pua. Now, I'm not sure if you've 
heard these names before. I'm not sure if you're very familiar with the story, but these are two names that you should have within your biblical uh, framework, and you should remember them. Two very brave women, very unsung heroines of the Bible and of the Old Testament. And they were brave in the face of very difficult times. They're described in verse 15 in the New American Standard as Hebrew midwives. And the Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, has now turned from slavery to slaughter, implementing a second deadly stage of his forced population control program, calling for the direct killing of Hebrew baby boys. I think the call was to do this subtly. And here's probably something of a, of a picture of how this would work. Since a midwife was something like a doctor in the birthing process, if she identified the baby boy as a male, I think there was some subtlety to this. This is a bit of speculation. But in the throes of the birthing process, when the woman was going through the agony and so forth, I think what Pharaoh was basically saying is identify the males and either smother them or strangle them. And in the ancient world, there were a lot of uh, babies that died during birth, during the birthing process. There wasn't all the medical technology that we have today, and still we have losses of children at this stage. And so I think that the Pharaoh was basically saying something like this, smother them or strangle them, and then just say to the mother, I'm so sorry, but your baby is dead. That's precisely what he was proposing in terms of this phase to kill these Hebrew baby boys. Of course, he was trying to usurp God's authority over life and death, and that's what happens when anyone gets involved in something like this and begins to try to make the call about humanity and the value of humanity. That's happening in our day now. We are on a slippery slope. When you begin a process where you begin to think that society can decide who is valuable and who should live and who should die, you then take the role of God. And when you try to take the role of God, in his hands are life and death. He wrote the number of your days before one of them, Psalm 139, came to pass. We are fearfully and wonderfully made. Who are we to assess value? How do we know who's going to grow up and do great things, even if they have some inadequacies as we would deem them when they come into this world? God forbid that we would begin to measure by some measuring stick that we don't want applied to us should we go through some problem. If you lost your leg or lost your arm or lost your sight or lost your hearing, you're still you. You still have value. Within humanity, we are made in the image of God. We have intrinsic value because we are made in the image of our maker. God forbid that we begin to play God. And the Pharaoh being a type of Satan and Egypt being a type of the world, you can see the application for today's culture. This is precisely what we are doing. And it is egregious in the eyes of God that we would begin to do this type of thing. I have some quotes for you later to show you how barbaric some of the higher echelons of academia are beginning to make statements about children coming into the world. Pharaoh is resisted by the heroic stand of two women. By the way, not even the Pharaoh is named, but they are named in this account. They are unsung heroines of the Bible. Not as well known as, for example, in Esther or others, yet their courage is inspiring. And I pray that you would be inspired by their courage. 
I pray that you would say, if they can do it, then I can do it. And we live in unprecedented times. Right now, pastors are being uh, challenged probably like no other time in the U.S. There's a Calvary Chapel pastor in Maine right now who has a recovery program. His His name is Pastor Ken Graves. He pastors in Maine. And the governor of that state is trying to shut down everything he does. She will allow secular training in his facilities. But the moment they open the Bible, she will not allow that. You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. Thanks for tuning in to Walk in Truth today. Did you know there's more where that came from? Download the Living Truth app to listen to more of Pastor Michael's teachings whenever you want. You can even watch videos. And if you're local to Southern California, you can get updates on church events, new studies, and more. Download the free Living Truth app today. Producer Rob Newton here, and on behalf of Pastor Michael and the Walk in Truth team, thank you so much to our financial and prayer partners. Whether you have given a one-time donation or you have become a monthly partner, you have contributed to our mission to reach out with God's truth to all people and helping listeners like you apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. You've heard that before, right? Well, we mean it. Thanks to our financial partners, we have added three new radio stations. Our prayer is to bless our new listeners the way we have hopefully been a blessing to you. If you're a longtime listener, would you please consider becoming a $5 a month partner? That may not seem like much, but every little bit makes it possible for us to continue our broadcasts, podcasts, and free apologetic events. Please become a partner giving at least $5 a month. Visit walkintruth.com to donate or call 844-48-TRUTH. That's walkintruth.com or call 844-48-TRUTH. We'd love to see who's listening, so please connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Just do a search for Walkin' Truth Show. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walk in Truth. Pharaoh is resisted by the heroic, heroic stand of two women. By the way, not even the Pharaoh is named, but they are named in this account. They are unsung heroines of the Bible. Not as well known as, for example, in Esther or others, yet their courage is inspiring. And I pray that you would be inspired by their courage. I pray that you would say, if they can do it, then I can do it. And we live in unprecedented times. Right now, pastors are being uh, challenged probably like no other time in the U.S. There's a Calvary Chapel pastor in Maine right now who has a recovery program. His His name is Pastor Ken Graves. He pastors in Maine. And the governor of that state is trying to shut down everything he does. She will allow secular training in his facilities. But the moment they open the Bible, she will not allow that. Now, some people are saying, oh, well, everything that's being done is just being done for the safety of the people, for the sake of the virus. Now, we've got to be wise about this virus because it can be deadly for some people. But does it sound like the story of Pastor Ken Graves in Maine is about the virus or is it about what he believes? See, he believes that recovery comes from being changed from the inside out. And he has had a great amount of success as he's ministered for years up there. But now... They're they're making a distinction. Whenever it's religious, then it can't happen. Now, you tell me that that's just about a virus, and it's not persecution of the church of God. I could go on and on with a lot of stories, modern-day stories that we're living through right now. But whether the Pharaoh spoke to the midwives directly or through a chain of command is almost irrelevant. 
The order came down as it would come down to us in this modern day, some order from you know, the high echelons, of, high echelons of government. This is what you will do now. And the question is, what should we do? Especially when ungodly laws come down the pike. Well, they are going to stand and their profession was to bring children into the world, not to murder them. This goes against everything that they would stand for as midwives. They're supposed to help women in the birthing process. They were supposed to help bring children into this world. How could Pharaoh think that they would just jump on board with such a terrible, dastardly uh, command? But Pharaoh's worldview, maybe he didn't care. Maybe he thought all people had the same morality as he does. Maybe that was his assumption, and maybe that's the assumption that people have when they talk to you, that you're the same as everybody else, and you shouldn't be the same as everybody else if you belong to Christ, because if you belong to Christ, he is your king, amen? He is the king of your life. It's his values, his priorities, the transcendence of his kingdom that really matters to us. Yesterday, I went to the dentist. It's always a wonderful, joyful uh, visit to the dentist. And there are, you know, some, I've joked with some of my friends, there are no longer regular cleanings at the dentist. Everything's got to be a deep cleaning because usually we have deep issues, right? Can I get a witness? Anybody? So uh, I had one of those yesterday and it was so much fun, uh, the deep cleaning process at the dentist. Now, prior to that process, though, I was there the day before and uh, the dentist did the full exam and she said, oh, you're not grinding your teeth? And I said, no, not that I know of. And she said, do you know, this, this dentist says to me two days ago, do you know that we have people coming in here with chipped teeth at unprecedented numbers? And I said, what do you mean? She said, people are grinding their teeth and chipping their teeth from the dentist. She said, I can't believe how, how is it that you're not grinding your teeth? She asked, and the doors of heaven opened. Now, usually, the dentist asks you questions when your mouth is numb, right? And then you're like, you have me at a bit of a, this is advantage right now, because I can't talk, and right? And you're all, it's that, I think they like it. Don't you think they like it? You're all numb. Right? I can normally talk. But anyway, I wasn't numb at the time. And I said, because I, the reason I'm not freaked out is because I have the Lord in my life. I'm human, but I'm not freaking out about everything. And I said, do you know anything about the Bible? She said, no. I said, there's a Bible verse that says, perfect love casts out fear. And I have the love of God in my life. And she just sat there for a moment, kind of thought about it. And then she did this. She said, well, yeah, it is really about the focus of your mind, isn't it? Right? That's kind of a dismissal. But... Here's the thing. The Bible verse went to her, and it doesn't come back void, so we'll see what the Lord does with it. But there are opportunities everywhere. People are freaking out. These two women, their name, Shifra in Hebrew, means something like beautiful one or perhaps dawn or fair, but let's just keep it simple. Shifra is beautiful one, and pua likely means splendid one. It can also mean fragrant. These are Hebrew names. And you could say, just simply put, if you're taking notes, their names mean beauty and splendor. And I think that one way to look at this is to look at it from heaven's perspective. 
and to know that when we do the right thing, God says, that's beautiful. That's beauty and splendor. And sometimes we beat ourselves up, you know, because we, we want to do the right thing all the time. But do you know, when you do the right thing, when you take the moral high ground, when you do things for the love of God and the fear of the Lord, I believe heaven says that's beautiful. I believe heaven says that's what splendor is all about. It's beautiful in his eyes. Rise and shine, church of the living God. Now, the midwives are named, and I don't think that they're Egyptian. I think that they're Hebrew, even though there's maybe a little bit of debate. And some people wonder about this because they wonder, how could the Pharaoh expect Hebrew midwives to kill Hebrew baby boys? But again, I'm not sure that his morality you know, and his worldview really uh, concerned himself with these kinds of things. And so uh, there's an application here for us. When we are asked to do things that are not in keeping with the will of God, we must practice civil disobedience. Amen? Huh? Anybody out there? Now, civil disobedience doesn't mean civil stupidity. We need to be wise about how we do things and why we do things. And we should have a biblical reason for what we do. If we're not going to obey the government, it should be because there's a higher law. And that's what this is all about today. This is about a clear higher law. How could these Hebrew women kill Hebrew baby boys? How could they? How could they be expected to do such a thing? They couldn't. And they wouldn't. Pharaoh was now in direct confrontation with God's covenant promises made to Abraham. Pharaoh becomes a bit of a type of an antichrist, opposing God's special plan. Because remember, the Savior is going to come through this Hebrew line. One commentator says, From the very day that Adam and Eve first sinned, God had always promised to send his people someone to save them from their sins. The offspring of a woman, a son to crush Satan's head, Genesis 3.15. God's people trusted that promise, waiting in hope of the coming of Christ. Whether he knew it or not, Pharaoh was the seed of the serpent that God promised would strike at the heel of the woman's seed. By trying to prevent the Savior from becoming a man, Pharaoh became an antichrist. Pharaoh's attempt to exterminate the sons of Israel anticipated all the antichrists of history. The slogans change but the sin remains the same. Whether it's Adolf Hitler and his final solution for eliminating the Jews or communist China and its one family, one child policy or the pro-choice movement in the West, it's all opposition to life and ultimately hatred to God. You've been listening to The Bravery of the Midwives, part one on Walk in Truth. And that's Pastor Michael's teaching in Exodus 1, 15 through 22. And if you missed any part of today's program, you can listen to Walk in Truth on our free Living Truth app or wherever you get your podcasts. As you know, we love to connect with our listeners, and that means you. You can email or send Pastor Michael and the rest of us here a letter. We love to get mail, so you can get all that contact information on walkintruth.com. Or if you're ready now, here's the email address. It's contact at walkintruth.com. That's contact at walkintruth.com. And here's our mailing address. P.O. Box 2063, Corona, California, 92878. Again, you can write us at P.O. Box 2063, 
Corona, California, 92878. Now here's Pastor Michael with a final word. All right, so you watch the bravery of these midwives in Exodus chapter 1, 15 through 22. And maybe you say to yourself, man, that took courage. They they risked everything for the glory of God. I I often fail, maybe you'd say. Maybe you'd say, I want to do the right thing, but I don't do it. Or maybe I don't do it a good majority of the time. What do I do now? How do I become obedient? And it's really all about what you take in. Here you are listening to a radio broadcast or a podcast. Why are you doing that? Because you know how desperately you need the Word of God. I know how desperately I need it. And it's all about what comes in. It's what sustains. It's what shapes. And the Word of God does that. So just keep doing what you're doing. Keep listening to the Word of God. Keep walking it out. Dive into the deep end of a deep walk with the Lord. And you know what? The rest will pretty much take care of itself. And remember, the walk of the believer takes time to mature. So wherever you are on that continuum, keep walking close with him. You know, if you seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, he'll teach you more and more how to be obedient in every situation. You won't be perfect, but you're going to grow. So hold on, my friend, if you're feeling like, hey, you know, I blow it more times than not. You can make progress. Hey, I wrote a book on spiritual warfare called Suit Up, Putting on the Full Armor of God that helps with some of these ideas. It's available on Amazon. Just search for Michael Lance, Suit Up, Putting on the Full Armor of God. You get your copy, and uh, that would be helpful for you as well. God bless you. We're going to have part two for the bravery of the midwives. We'll see you right here tomorrow. And join us tomorrow for part two of Pastor Michael's teaching in Exodus 1, 15 through 22 called The Bravery of the Midwives. I'm Mike Massaro. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth. Our goal is to equip you to reach out with God's truth to all people.